night with the strange suicide of the 39. It's very strange. The 18 men and 21 women whose bodies were found last night just north of San Diego may well have considered that now was the time to leave this world because they had been given the ultimate gift of everlasting life. This story will stretch your imagination before we're finished. Based on what we know, this may be about people who thought it was time to shed their human containers because out there behind the Hale-Bopp comet, there was a UFO waiting to transport them beyond this world to the kingdom of heaven. There are so many strange and dark things that seem to hunt the human soul from day to day. There are people that lurk and peer at us through the flashes of a moment in time. There are glanced visions that we see in the shadows, beasts that lurk the woods and canyons and caverns of our continent, and sometimes the darkest regions of our mind. Beings that descend from the skies into our rooms and drag us away into other worlds. In other words, there is a lot to be fearful of out there. But what if the greatest fear and the greatest terror was not out there, but in here, in your heart, in your mind? And all that it took was the right maestro to play the right chords of your dissonant heart to produce in you a terror and tragedy. I think, in a sense, the terrifying story of the events of Heaven's Gate, now left by the wayside of history, brings these and many other questions that we have been talking about to bear for us to ponder. Who and what is Heaven's Gate? In an article written by Jacqueline Anglis on March 26, 1997, the Heaven's Gate cult became forever infamous when 39 members were found dead after committing mass suicide. Led to their death by a man, a monster, and maybe something in between by the name of Marshall Applewhite. Funny and charismatic and overachiever who was on the honor roll, that's how Louis Winnett remembered her brother, Marshall Applewhite. None of Applewhite's loved ones could understand how the man they knew, a friendly gesture, a devout Christian, a devoted husband and father of two could walk away from everything to found a cult, and not just any cult. Heaven's Gate was considered bizarre even among the other strange New Age beliefs cropping up in the 1970s. Heaven's Gate was curiously techy. It had a website, Anglis writes, before most traditional businesses did, and its beliefs were like something out of Star Trek, involving aliens, UFO, and talk of ascension to the next level. But it also had strains of the familiar. It clearly borrowed from Christianity, as Applewhite claimed to be able to save his followers from Lucifer. It was a combination that provoked laughter and ridicule more often than conversion, but somehow it did convert dozens and dozens of people. And in the end, nobody was laughing. Not when 39 cult members turned up dead in a 1997 mass suicide that stunned America. Bursting through the national consciousness, Heaven's Gate instantly became infamous. And the question is, how did the Heaven Gate cult start? 
Anglis goes on to write, The earliest incarnation of Heaven's Gate, as the cult would eventually come to be known, began in 1970 under the leadership of Marshall Applewhite and Bonnie Nettles. Marshall Applewhite was born in 1931 in Texas and by most accounts had a relatively normal life. Known for his musical talents, he once attempted to become an actor. When that didn't pan out, he pursued music, focused careers at the university, which appeared to be going well. But in 1970, he was allegedly fired from his job as a music professor at Houston's University of St. Thomas because he was having a relationship with one of his male students. Though Applewhite and his wife were already divorced by that point, he struggled with the loss of his job and may have even had a nervous breakdown. A couple of years later, he met Bonnie Nettles, a nurse with a strong interest in the Bible as well as a few obscure spiritual beliefs. While the true story of how Applewhite met Nettles remains murky, we do know to some degree a little bit of the information. Applewhite's sister maintains that he entered a Houston hospital with heart trouble and that Nettles was one of the nurses who treated him. According to Applewhite's sister, Nettles convinced Applewhite that he had a purpose and that God had saved him for a reason. As for Applewhite himself, he would say that he was simply visiting a friend in the hospital when he encountered Nettles. But no matter how they met, one thing was clear. They felt an instant connection and began to discuss their beliefs. By 1973, they were convinced that they were the two witnesses described in the book of Revelation and that they would prepare the way for the kingdom of heaven. It is unclear when they added UFOs and other elements of science fiction to their belief system, but this would ultimately become a huge part of what they stood for. Marshall Applewhite and Bonnie Nettles begin to call themselves Bo and Peep, him and her, Do and T. Sometimes they even went by Winnie and Pooh or Tiddly and Wink. They shared, supposedly, a platonic sexless partnership in keeping with the aesthetic lifestyle that they would come to encourage among their followers. Now, I want to digress for just a moment, and I won't go too far down this rabbit hole, but let's not forget that just as Nettles and Applewhite, in their cultic belief, pushed and believed in celibacy, so there is another cultic belief that believes in celibacy. One has to wonder if it's not the same spirit connecting both, but let's not get too far off track. The question before us now is how the Heaven's Gate cult actually recruited their followers. And English writes, once they put together their belief system, Applewhite and Nettles wasted no time in advertising their new cult, preparing presentations for potential followers all over the world. Applewhite and Nettles would distribute posters that promoted a mixture of conspiracy theories, science fiction, and proselytization. And yet these invitations were undeniably eye-catching. The word, quote, UFOs would often appear in big letters at the top with a disclaimer at the bottom, not a discussion of UFO sightings or phenomena. The posters usually claimed two individuals say they were sent from the level above human and will return to that level in a spaceship within the next few months. In 1975, Applewhite and Nettles received national attention after they gave a particularly successful presentation in Oregon. In this presentation, Applewhite and Nettles promoted Heaven's Gate, then called Human Individual Metamorphosis, or Total Overcomers Anonymous, with the promise that a spaceship would whisk their followers away to salvation. 
But first, they had to renounce drugs, sex, and all their earthly possessions. It almost sounds like monkish behavior, does it not? But I digress again. And in many cases, they also needed to abandon their families. Only then could they be elevated to a new world and a better life known as Tela, T-E-L-A-H, the evolutionary level above humanity. An estimated 150 people attended the event in Oregon. While many locals thought it was a joke at first, at least a couple dozen people were interested enough to join the cult and say goodbye to their loved ones and their lifestyle. Through this grassroots approach, the founders of the Heaven's Gate cult were able to convince more people to leave behind everything they knew, to follow them and travel with them for about two decades. It was a radical move. But for some, the choice encompassed the spirit of the decade. Many were giving up the conventional lives they had started and seeking new spiritual answers to old spiritual questions. But before long, some followers began to feel restricted by the cult's rules. As if abandoning their families wasn't enough, members were also expected to follow strict guidelines, including no sex, no human-level relationships, no socializing. A few members, including Applewhite, took this rule to the extreme by undergoing castration. The followers were also expected to dress largely alike and conform to incredibly specific rules about the most mundane things. Everything was designed to be an exact duplicate, survivor Michael Conyers explained. You were not to come up with, well, I'm going to make the pancakes this big. There was a mixture, a size, how long you cooked it on one side, how much the burner was on, how many a person got, how the syrup was poured on it, everything. Now, let me say again, from the sexual abstinence to the dress to the social isolation to the manipulation, it sounds very much like the same thing in a real sense as that of the Catholic Church, and no wonder. It probably is the same demonology behind both groups. There is a spirit that operates in the world, and it oftentimes connects so many things that seem to be unconnected. The article goes on to state, so how did a group like this once attract up to 200 members. According to former followers, Heaven's Gate was appealing because of its blend of asceticism, mysticism, science fiction, and Christianity. Somewhat sounds like Jesuits, does it not? Michael Conyers, an early recruit, said that the cult's message was appealing because they were talking to, quote, my Christian heritage, but in a modern, updated way. For example, Heaven's Gate apparently taught that the Virgin Mary was impregnated after she was taken up in a spacecraft. Now, let me ask you something. Does that not sound like the impregnation of human beings that are taking place right now with the quote-unquote alien abduction? Do you see how the alien abduction, technology, ancient philosophy, ancient mythology, and even Christianity are all going to be merged very, very soon with the coming of the star gods and the Antichrist? In the article, it goes on to say, Now, as unbelievable as that sounds, that was an answer that was better than just plain virgin birth. Conyers said, quote, It was technical, and it had physicality to it. Now, that, ladies and gentlemen, is absolutely a key thing and a reminder. They were able to gain followers because they took the spiritual Christian heritage and actually merged it with the physical and, quote, real, so to say, world of aliens. 
And what you have is aliens making the spiritual and the biblical believable to a secular materialistic world. Let me say that again. What you have there is this alien concept making spiritual and biblical truth believable to a secular and materialistic worldview. And that is exactly what is going to happen in the tribulation with the coming of the Antichrist. Without going off the rails too much, one supposes that the Antichrist will show up like some sinister spy out of Europe. But I don't think so. I think he will show up with the angels from the skies, from the other worlds. And he will be able to do on a global level what Marshall Applewhite was able to do on an individual level. Be able to take the otherworldly, alien, off-world concept and use that to make spirituality acceptable to the secular modern mind. Marshall Applewhite began to move from UFOs to the end of the world. One of the cult's major problems was that it was operating on a clock. Followers believe that if they stayed on earth long enough, they would face the, quote, recycling, which is the destruction of the earth as the planet was wiped clean. At first, Nettles and Applewhite were convinced it wouldn't come to that. After all, a spaceship run by Taylor beings, which there is a picture of them on their website still, was supposed to arrive for them long before the apocalypse happened. Fate, however, the writer states, threw a wrench in their plans when Nettles died from cancer in 1985. Her death was a severe blow to Applewhite, not only emotionally, but also philosophically, theologically. Nettles' death had the potential to call into question a number of the cult's teachings. Perhaps most pressingly, why did she die before the Taylor beings came to pick the followers up? It was then that Applewhite began to rely very heavily on one particular tenet of the cult's beliefs. Human bodies were merely vessels or vehicles that were carrying them on their journey. And these vehicles could be abandoned when the humans were ready to ascend to the next level. According to Applewhite, Nettles had merely exited her vehicle and entered her new home among the Taylor beings. But Applewhite apparently still had work to do on this plane of existence, so he would guide his followers in the hopes that they would be reunited with Nettles once again. It was a subtle but important shift in the cult's ideology, and it would have far-reaching and dangerous consequences. Members of Heaven's Gate believed that suicide in and of itself was wrong, but their definition of suicide was far different from the traditional one. They believed that the true meaning of suicide was turning against the next level when it was offered to them. Tragically, this fatal offer was made in March 1997. It's not clear exactly where Applewhite got the idea that there was a UFO trailing behind Hale-Bopp, the brilliant comet that was about to make an appearance during that time, but he could not let this idea go. Some, since then, have blamed Art Bell, the conspiracy theorist and radio host behind the popular program Coast to Coast AM, for publicizing the delusion. But it's hard to see how Bell could have anticipated what an increasingly worn and frazzled and deluded Applewhite would do with this idea. For some reason, Applewhite saw it as a sign. According to him, it was, quote, the only way to evacuate this earth. The spaceship behind Hale-Bopp was apparently the flight that the Heaven's Gate members had been waiting for all along. It was coming to take them to a higher place that they were seeking, and it was coming just in time. 
If they waited any longer, Applewhite was convinced that the earth was going to be recycled while they were still on it. The 39 active members had already used the money they made from designing the web pages, the cult's primary source of income, to rent a mansion near San Diego. And so they decided this mansion would be the place where they left their vehicles. I want to take just a moment right now and warn you, if you are watching with any children, you do need to be aware of the pictures that you're about to see. The pictures that you will see in the next few moments are pictures of the dead remains of the Heaven's Gate cult members who died in that mansion in March of 1997. Starting on or about March 22nd or March 23rd, the 39 cult members ate applesauce or pudding that had been laced with heavy doses of barbiturates. Some washed it down with vodka. They did it group by group, placing bags over their heads to ensure asphyxiation, and then they waited for death. This was believed to have happened over the course of a few days. Those later in the lineup cleaned up any mess made by the first groups and laid the bodies out neatly, covering them with purple shrouds. Applewhite was the 37th to die, leaving behind two others to prepare his corpse and allowed 39 bodies lying neatly in bunk beds and other resting places, dressed in identical black track suits and Nike sneakers and covered in purple shrouds. Their matching armbands read, Heaven's Gate Away Team. It's interesting, is it not, the connection? Gene Roddenberry wrote Star Trek, where we get the term away team. I recommend that I return to the cruiser with an away team. You join Commander Riker on the away team. Find out what happened on that ship. And of course, where did Gene Roddenberry get the idea, supposedly, for Star Trek, which was so cutting edge, so prophetic in nature? Well, he got it from a group known as the Nine, other dimensional beings. I'm sure the connection is purely coincidental. The mission of the Enterprise is to seek out and contact alien life. The anonymous tipster was later revealed to be a former member who'd left the group just a few weeks beforehand and received a disturbing package of a videotape farewell from the group and a map to the mansion. Of course, the aftermath of the discovery was chaotic. Reporters swarmed the scene, clamoring for details about the, quote, suicide cult. Family members of the victims demanded that their bodies be tested for HIV, all of which were negative, and Marshall Applewhite's image was plastered on countless magazines, his wide-eyed facial expressions living on in infamy. But after the initial uproar died down, those left behind had to cope, the writer of the article states, with their loss. Former member Frank Lyford lost his closest friends, his cousin, and the love of his life in the mass suicide. Luckily, Lyford was able to find some semblance of grace despite the traumatic experience. Quote, we all have a connection to the divine within us. We all have that radio transmitter built in. We don't need anyone to translate that for us, he said. That was a big mistake that we all made in my mind. It was believing we needed someone else to tell us what our best path should be. But eerily enough, Heaven's Gate still has four living followers who survived only because they were instructed to run the group's website in the mid-1990s, and they have been doing so ever since. They still believe in the cult's teachings, and they claim to be in contact with the 39 members who died.
The fact of the matter is the website can still be visited. The strange mid-1990s text of the website has not changed. And what strikes us here is the tragedy, the devastation brought to human life that was deceived. And now we can only imagine what this will be like on a global level. When the gates of hell, not heaven, are open and the beast is brought forth to deceive and to delude so many. I wonder what the eyes of the Antichrist will look like when he goes on national TV and he tells his story to the world. Planet Earth about to be recycled. Your only chance to survive or evacuate is to leave with us. Now you say, you keep saying us. Who do you think you are? Well, I, in all honesty, must acknowledge my father. My father is not a human father. My father is a member of the evolutionary level above human, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. My father gave me, long before this civilization, gave me birth into that kingdom level above human, that kingdom of heaven, that kingdom of God. Now you can say, well, I can't believe that. Well, it's up to you whether you believe that or not. That's not important to me, even though I wish that you could believe it for your sake. For those who do believe it, stand a possibility of a future beyond this recycling time. My friends, he was not Jesus, and Marshall Applewhite did not know the truth. He was a devil, or infected with the devil, and was deluded. The only real hope for truth is the Word of God. The only real hope for truth is the one who claimed to be the truth, the way, the life, and his name is Jesus Christ. That follower was right in one sense. You do not need a man to show you a way. But he was wrong in another, saying we all find our own way. Now that was the problem with Marshall Applewhite and Nettles. They tried to find their own way. Looking for heaven's gate, they found hell's path. The only true way, the only safe way, is to find salvation in Christ Jesus through the word of God. Otherwise... You may find yourself lost alone in a mansion, deceived, deluded, dying without hope. I don't know if we're in a garden Or on the crowded avenue You are Yeah, the castration thing. <laughs> I was way 
off on that one, Ben. It, it turns out it had nothing to do with anything. In, in fact, when we got here, everyone just looked at me like, Apple, why you nutball? Emotional damage!